Homeschooling is an epic investment of your time, energy, and on days, your sanity. Our goal is to come alongside you with weekly encouragement and practical help so you can homeschool boldly. Hello and welcome to the Homeschool Boldly podcast brought to you by Homeschooling Today magazine. Ashley Wiggers here with a very special guest, Sam Sorbo. Sam, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, homeschooling is a passion of mine, and so I'm just excited to talk about it with anybody. Awesome. Well, many of you know Sam and her husband, Kevin, who are filmmakers and create excellent family-friendly movies. And in addition to being an actress, Sam is also an author, a speaker, a homeschool mom, as well as an education freedom advocate, which I just love that. So Sam, can you tell us how you got started in your homeschooling journey? Oh yeah, it's kind of funny because I was exposed to homeschooling when my kids were really little and I thought, that's kind of cool, but those folks are a bit crazy. Why would I ever leave the school? And so I put my son, we moved for better schools. So that was the first sort of chink in the armor. Like, why do we have to move for better schools? And Maybe I should pay attention to what's happening in this school. So we moved and we found this cute little lovely government school, you know, and had great reviews. And my son did first and second grade. And by the end of second grade, I was really questioning, you know, the system because it wasn't really educating him. And I guess I have very strong opinions about education. I'm an academic myself. I, I feel strongly about that. And I was just like, you know what? They're making him bored. He's not learning a lot. And there's other stuff that's happening that's very detrimental, actually. He was coming home with a bit of a holier-than-thou attitude towards his younger siblings and stuff like that that I didn't like. I didn't like the dynamic in the family either. And I was the guilty mom. You know, I hung out in the classroom. I, I taught art to the students. I walked them to the library. I helped grade papers. I was in the classroom helping to clean up at the end of the day, often. And I asked the teacher at one point because he had turned in about five book reports and I'd never gotten one back graded. So I asked her, I said, by the way, how are Braden's book reports? And she said, without batting an eyelash, she said, oh, not very good. I thought she was joking. I'm like, wait, what? She said, not very good. And I thought, well, why didn't I get them back? Like, why is nobody talking to me about this? Like, I have lots of communication with the teacher and this never comes up. And then I looked around at private schools. They were expensive. And I said to Kevin, you know, I, honestly, I think I could fail at homeschooling and he would still be better off. I literally said those words. And when they came out of my mouth, I was like, actually, that's probably right. So we started down that path, and I'd love to say that I never turned back. That would be a lie. But luckily, <laughs> I didn't turn into a pillar of salt. <laughs> well, I put my kids in a small Christian's hybrid, right? So a couple of days homeschooling and a couple of days in school each week. And that was not successful. And after six weeks, I pulled them out. And uh, I had somebody say to me at one point, because I talk about it, and I wrote about it in my book, and it was painful for me that I subjected my children to that and I felt guilty. 
And somebody said to me, isn't it beautiful that God allowed you to make that mistake to prove to you that you are enough? Mm. And that was such a beautiful thing. She, she set me free. Wow, that is wonderful. And I, I love the title of the book that you wrote. They're your kids from self-doubter <laughs> to homeschool advocate. You said the title perfectly. <laughs> right? They're your kids. They're so, your kids. <laughs> from self-doubter, that's the part that I think really will resonate with a lot of listeners. How did you make that transition from being the self-doubter to becoming the advocate? Yeah, it was after they went to that little tiny school where I thought they would learn to be good Christians because I didn't grow up in a Christian household. I didn't know how to teach them to be Christian children. And after that, I just realized, you know what? It's on me and I must be able to do this because the experts can't do it. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to understand is, you know, we've been trained to believe in experts. This is the paradigm that is in our schools. It's, it's an infection, really, because we're trained to sit there, shut up, don't ask questions. You need permission to ask a question. Trust the experts. Don't question the teacher. Just regurgitate what the expert tells you and trust in the system. And for, for 12, 13 years, right, that right. indoctrination and I slowly sort of it dawned on me that there, there's just something wrong with that when my child can't get a good education, because at least I was aware enough to know that he wasn't learning. So I brought them home for the second time, and I had already started blogging about it, and that's really where the book sort of emanated from. The first half of the book is really a what's wrong with the system and why you should homeschool. And that was pre-COVID. That was before we, we had all of this insight into really what's happening in the classrooms, which is obviously not education. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't education back then. Now it's very clearly not education in the classical sense of the word. It's only gotten worse. And, and it's indoctrination in a doctrine in which I don't believe. And it's a doctrine which harms children. It is a harmful doctrine that is in our schools today. And so I urge parents, look, pull your kids out of school today, then worry about their education, then consider how to get them raised up in the way that they should go, so to speak. But don't mess around. You know, I have parents telling me, well, we're going to take our kids out on uh, the the first of November or whatever. And I'm like, what are you waiting for? If you've already discovered the harm that's being done to your children, it's like, well, the babysitter beats the child, but you know, I'm going to keep her till the end of the week because I can't find a new babysitter. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't have patience for that. Your children's lives are at risk. Right. They can be so easily turned. And by the way, so easily turned against you because where have you been? And you're the one that's telling them, these people know better than I do. Every time you drop your child off at school, these people know better than I do. I can't do this. They're the experts. Trust the experts. And look where right. that's got. Yeah. Well, having three children that you schooled at home, did you have times where you had to make changes based on different learning styles, different approaches that your children needed? What did oh you have gosh, to do? Yes. To... Okay. In fact, you know, I actually firmly believe that God gives us our children to teach us and right. that we we are really um, foregoing uh, a tremendous blessing if we send our children away from us. 
if we don't engage. Um, engaging in the raising of your children, in the education of your children, is the, the greatest gift I think we have because it gives you purpose. It gives you your adulthood. It, it, it creates something inside you that is undeniable, that has tremendous value. I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words, really, to, to describe it. My two boys, I schooled because I'm an academic and I thought, I thought the system worked for me. That's the way the system works and it's good. Meanwhile, by the way, I'm a college dropout. Uh, my entire career is not at all based on any of my studies, right? So I'm, <laughs> I'm living proof that the system is kind of absurd. <laughs> but at the same time, I believed in the system because I, I was steeped in it for my entire life. You got to go to college. You got to get a career, all of that. So my two boys were, were schooled. Um, I followed classical conversations. It's a curriculum I love. Uh, they don't pay me. I am an unpaid spokesperson, basically, <laughs> but I love the curriculum. Okay. Well, fast forward, and then I, I, my third child is not anything like me. She's not the academic that I am. She's an artist. She's very clearly an artist. She's absolutely brilliant in ways that, <laughs> that I can't even fathom. Like it's, it's, I get emotional about it because her brilliance is so foreign to me. And so when I was, when she was about 11, I hit my knees and I, and I said to God, okay, the first one, he wants to be an actor. I've got that covered. The second one wants to be an engineer. I can manage that, get him to college. Okay. It's all good. This third one, hmm, I think you made a mistake with her. Cause I don't know what to do here. <laughs> and somebody said to me, well, maybe you should, um, give her anatomy classes because a lot of artists, you know, need anatomy classes. I ran up to her room. I'm like, yes, we're going to get you anatomy. What do you think? You know? And I was thinking, okay, so I'm not the teacher anymore, but I'll find the teacher for her because the paradigm is the teacher teaches, the student learns. That's the paradigm that we all grew up in. And this is what blows my mind. That is not God's paradigm. That is not the true paradigm. And she said to me, anatomy classes she she kind of gave me a bless your heart kind of thing <laughs> that only an 11 year old can do and she showed me her sketchbook which included drawings of the interior workings of the human knee in various positions wow and i said you're already studying anatomy and she said yeah mm -hmm. because she knew what she needed to learn she loves what she does she knows exactly what she needs to do to get where she's going and if she doesn't know, she'll come and ask. That's and that's incredible. the paradigm that we fail to see often. Even homeschoolers miss it sometimes because we're so steeped in the teacher teaches and the student learns from the teacher paradigm. That's true. And when you follow that, when you step in front, you almost get in the way, don't you, sometimes of really well, what our kids are supposed to be doing. Because, because we consider, okay, so we went to school and we learned that Education is purely academic. That's a lie. That's the biggest lie, I think, in our schools is that education is academic. You can only be smart if you're good at math or good at reading or good at writing or something like that, right? Academics. That's not true. I mean, I have a friend who's a very, very successful plumber, runs his own business, makes a ton of money. If, mm -hmm. if that's our metric for success, which it, it is the school's metric for success, and he did not step a day in college right? So his learning, his education, his, his knowledge base 
and his intelligence is not academically solid or founded at all, right? So we've taken the arts out of school because what value do the arts have? We've taken gym class out of the school because really, does anybody really need to know how to run? You know, I mean, it's ridiculous, but we all go along with it because trust the experts, you see? So it's, it's this infection that is just metastasized throughout the culture. And, uh, and, and, and I'm at least one person who's trying to push back on that and empower parents. As parents, you have a great deal to offer your children just in terms of how to live life. And that's part of education. Part of education is character building. Part of education is knowledge of virtue. Big part of education is how to live your life, how to deal with people, interpersonal relationship, right? And all of that is something you as, a, as an adult human being can help teach your child. And by the way, it is something that they will learn from other people if you don't stand in the breach and make sure that they learn it properly. That's so true. for instance, um, I'm going to reference my movie here because it comes out very soon. Yes. Um, Miracle in East Texas. I created a curriculum that's a homeschool curriculum that goes along with the movie. It's basically a Q&A sheet with a, a little bit of a worksheet kind of stuff to go along with it. Because the film is historic, it deals with the um, absolutely historic uh, discovery of oil in East Texas, which was and continues to be the greatest oil discovery of all time. Uh, it deals with oil, which is one of our precious commodities and something that we should uh, pay attention to and value. It deals with entrepreneurship. How does somebody start a business? How do they get a business going, right? It deals with the depression. That's economics. It deals with forgiveness. That's one of the themes of the movie is forgiveness. That's a good discussion to have with your children. And so I put it all into a curriculum so people can download that for free. They go see the movie and then they do this discussion thing with their kids. And I'm hoping that from it, they will take away the fact that they do actually have a lot to offer their kids, which runs counter to the narrative in the schools, which we see more and more today. Parents butt out, let the experts handle the education of your child. You have no standing here, right? That's what right. they're saying to parents now at school boards across the country. Yeah. So I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, there are not a lot of movies these days that people can go see with their family, take the whole family along. So I just want to say thank you for what oh. you guys are doing to work to create films that we can bring our kids to. And can you just tell us about the movie? Yeah, of course. I, I'm so proud and thrilled that this movie is making it into theaters. It is, I will say, very difficult for independent movies to get theatrical showings because you need a lot of money to build the audience for the theater. And we don't have $100 million like they do for Pirates of the Caribbean or Avatar mm -hmm. or whatever. So we rely on word of mouth. But I'm really hopeful that families will get back to the theater. This is a family-friendly comedy. So it's a fun night out with the family. And then you can actually learn something from the movie. So you can see there in the poster, that's my husband, that's John Ratzenberger. They both play con men who are wooing widows. They're Lotharios, they're romantic and they're charming gentlemen. And they woo widows into investing in their oil wells. But the problem is they oversell the wells because they know they're not going to hit oil. So they declare a dry hole, they'll move on. But when they get to East Texas, they accidentally or purposefully strike oil. And then they're faced with a dilemma because if they bring in the oil, 
They've oversold the well, so they're going to go to jail. But if they don't bring in the oil, how can they walk away from something like that? Mm -hmm. Right? And so it's this great conundrum. And uh, it's, it's such a great story because it's true. It's just amazing that these two individuals actually struck oil. Of course, it's the biggest strike in history. So that doesn't, that doesn't hurt. And honestly, shortly thereafter, and we show this at the very end of the scene, we show all the different oil wells just sprouting up everywhere because everybody started digging for oil. This field, which lies under the surface of the earth, is so large. They had just a gazillion oil wells bringing the oil out of the earth. And then if, the other thing, if you go to sorbostudios.com, which is where you're going to go to find tickets for the movie and find the download for homeschooling or for your book club, if you want to do a book club night with your friends, there's a download for the book club too. If you go to Sorbo Studios, you can sign up for our email. We have put in our email chains stories from behind the scenes because people love to see how movies are made and stuff like that. And one of the stories that I talk about is I was talking with somebody about this historic uh, strike and he had heard about it because he grew up in East Texas. And then he sent me an email about if you fast forward 10 years about after this oil strike, we entered World War II. And within a month, we had sent 73 tankers in the Gulf of Mexico to, to help with the Allied forces to give them oil and gasoline on the Allied forces front in Europe. But wow. 72 out of 73 of those tankers were torpedoed by German U-boats. I didn't even know there were German U-boats in the Gulf of Mexico. Me either. So then we built a pipeline from East Texas to the East Coast of the United States. And we won the war because our tanks didn't run out of gas before the German tanks ran out of gas. Mm. And even Winston Churchill agreed, the, the phrase is, the Allies floated to victory on a sea of East Texas oil. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Isn't that fun? Mm -hmm. So, okay. So everyone go check out this movie. It comes out on the 29th and the 30th. So this coming Sunday and Monday. And I just want to ask you a quick question. Since we are the Homeschool Boldly podcast, I love to ask homeschoolers, what does homeschool boldly mean to you? Because it means something different to everyone. And so I always love to hear the responses because God made each of us to homeschool in a unique way based on our family and our children. So what does homeschool boldly mean to you? Well, first of all, amen to that. And I'm so <laughs> thrilled to hear you put it like that. Because God gave you your children as a gift, right? We consider our children gifts. And I, I think in our culture, we too easily give away the gifts and let somebody else open it. You can tell me what's inside. So homeschool boldly, to me, because the culture is so contrary to parents being capable of training their children, of teaching their children, right? To me, the boldly refers to the fact that you kind of have to have a tough skin. and um, and that's sad to me that, you know, people look at you funny and question you less and less, less and less. And certainly uh, since COVID, we got 2 million more families homeschooling. And what's really beautiful is with all the devastation in our schools now, all of this woke agenda that's permeating our schools, so many more people are becoming bold enough mm -hmm. to home educate and um, that's my whole mission field. I mean, I love making movies, don't get me wrong. And um, this one in particular has a special place in my heart because 
uh, it's a comedy and the comedy in it is very organic, which is lovely. I, I, I've gotten so disappointed with what Hollywood churns out and calls comedies now that contain violence or they tend to go for cheap comedy, like potty jokes and stuff like that. And this one is just clever, uh, lovely humor. I didn't write it full disclosure. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> bragging on that. That's uh, that's all Dan Gordon. Who's an Oscar nominated writer. He did such a fantastic job on the movie, but I'm really hoping that maybe if a family goes to see the movie and they haven't considered homeschooling in the past, they'll download the curriculum and give it a shot and see how easy it is. You know, I don't, I, I say it's easy in the sense that it should be the most natural thing right. to educate your children. But because of the onus that's put on education from the institutions, frankly, uh, we think that it's hard. They've trained us to think education is hard and it has to be boring and it has to be drudgery. And the opposite is true. It's fun. It's fun to learn new things. Just think about it for yourself. When was the last time you learned something? And wasn't that fun? Wasn't that like, wow, how cool. I just learned that thing, you know? So you can make it that enjoyable for your kids. I started saying, if homeschooling is hard, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to recognize that not every subject is for every child. It's not a one size fits all like the school wants you to believe. It just isn't. And our children are so deserved when they go to school. I'll tell you a quick story. So like I said, my daughter is brilliant in ways that I can't really, I can't really comprehend. She just turned 18. And she told me about six months ago. So she was 17 and a half. She said, because she went to kindergarten at the little public school where we moved, right? Because I thought, oh, kindergarten, she'll make some friends and that'll be fun for her. And it's basically play school. So what's the, you know, that would be fun. She said to me, kindergarten's where I learned I was stupid. Oh my goodness. Right? This is what, what, 13 years later, four, uh, 12 years later, and I'm just learning this now. Um, and I said, uh, explain please. And she said, well, one day we had to do sight words and the teacher made me stand in front of the class. Now my daughter is tremendously introverted. So for her to stand in front of the class is a very, very hard thing to do. And she stumbled over the words and the class laughed. And the way I imagine it, the teacher probably laughed too. Like, haha, that's funny. Try, try again, you know? Mm. And, and I guarantee you, because this is the first I heard of this, it was something like this. I went to pick Tavy up and the teacher maybe said, oh, it was so cute today. She got in front of the class and she was doing her sight words, but she really stumbled over some of them. You might want to work on those with her for next time. No harm, no foul. Didn't even just wash right over me. I didn't think of anything, but that's where she learned she was stupid. And I have, <laughs> I've been battling that for her whole life, not realizing that it all it all came from that one incident. And that's why I, I just, I just don't want you to send your kids to strangers. You're the best person for them. Even if you get angry with them, don't get angry with your kids. But even if you get mad sometimes, even if you, mm -hmm. even, even if you fail at teaching them math, you're still the best person for that. Or they'll teach themselves because that's what they do. Well, and nothing beats unconditional love, does it? Because if she knew that she was in a, a safe um, place being unconditionally loved, it wouldn't have mattered that she stumbled over her words. So what a great reminder 
to everyone listening that, you know, this is our opportunity to really raise up our kids and to instill in them the beliefs and the values that we hope for and to love them through the mistakes and to be able to enjoy it together as a family. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Sam. It's really been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for your time today. It's been my pleasure. Just uh, Sorbo Studios for anything regarding the movie or my homeschool resources, because I do train parents on how to reevaluate what you mean by education and get the education of your children done. So you can look for all that stuff at sorbostudios.com. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Until next time, go and homeschool boldly. And remember, you've got this because he's got you. This podcast is brought to you by Homeschooling Today magazine. Homeschooling Today is a quarterly magazine created by real people with a passion for honesty and encouragement. You won't find articles telling you everything you're not doing. Instead, you'll find homeschooling parents who have walked where you are or are currently on the path and want to help you succeed. We want to invite you to subscribe today and join the growing movement of parents who are setting aside comparisons, taking control of their children's education, choosing courage over fear, letting God lead, and homeschooling boldly. Visit homeschoolingtoday.com to learn more.